Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yimini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. This week's Parsha Perspective is in loving memory of Shlomo ben Edward and Edward ben Ephraim. May their souls be uplifted and may their memories be a blessing for their families. This week's Parsha Perspective is in honor of the complete and speedy recovery of Shaul ben Brita, Sasson ben Sal ben Batya, and Yachmiel Daniel ben Tova Basha. Please check out ParshaPerspective.com to download a PDF version of this podcast to read at your Shabbos table. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Veschanan. I want to bring to your attention two very special points about this Shabbos. This Shabbos is known as Shabbos Nachamu, the Shabbos of Comforting. This name is for this week's Haftarah, the reading from the Prophets, which is the first of seven, where God comforts us for our pain and suffering. The Prophet Yeshayahu reassures us that God has not forgotten us, heaven forbid. And the Haftarah begins with Yeshayahu telling the Jewish nation, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, Yoimah Hashem, comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. May we experience this comfort, reassurance, and the ultimate redemption speedily in our days. This Shabbos is also the 15th of Av, an extremely joyous and happy day in the Jewish calendar. The Talmud in Tainus writes that Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, the leader of the Jewish nation following the destruction of the second base of Mikdash, he writes, There are no days in the Jewish calendar as good and happy as Yom Kippur and the 15th of Av. He explains that on the 15th of Av, the Jewish people were finally allowed to marry people from other tribes. At the end of the book of Amidbar, in Pashas Masai, that we read just a few weeks ago, Moshe said that people can only marry others from their own tribe. However, that law was withdrawn after the Jewish nation conquered and settled in the land of Israel. And may we merit to celebrate only happy and joyous occasions with our family, friends, and the entire Jewish nation. Our Parsha begins with Moshe Rabbeinu continuing his final address to the Jewish nation. He recounts how he begged God to let him enter the land of Israel, but God refused his request. Instead, he was instructed to climb a mountain where he would see the land of Israel from afar. Moshe Rabbeinu then implores with the Jewish nation to cherish the Torah and value its wisdom. He reminds them that they are God's chosen people and the only nation he revealed himself to. Moshe then repeats the Ten Commandments to Asas Dibras to emphasize the fact that God's covenant with us at Mount Sinai is applicable for all of time. However, a question comes to mind. After praying to God 515 times to enter the land, God said to Moshe, stop asking for that specific request. Instead, God told him to head up a mountain to see the land from a distance. But why would God tease Moshe by commanding him to see the land and the only ground he truly wanted to step on from a mountaintop? Furthermore, the Pasuk writes that Moshe should look in each direction to the west, north, south, and east to gaze upon the entire Israel. But Moshe was on the shores on the bank of the Yardin River, the Jordan River, which is in the east. And yet he's also commanded to look in the east. Why was Moshe told to essentially look behind him when Israel was west and directly in front of where he was standing? The Yarachim HaKadosh, Rafhaim Ibn Attar, a Moroccan commentary and Kabbalist, answers these questions by explaining that God was actually comforting Moshe by having him look at the land. God was telling Moshe that whatever he hopes to achieve by entering Israel, he can obtain by just seeing it. And although he would never enter Israel, he should be consoled by the fact that he has already received all the holiness it has to offer. The Rahim continues that since Israel is inherently spiritual and holy, there is a spiritual and holy component to seeing the land. 
He reasons that even if Moshe would go high up a mountain, he can only see so far. And therefore God told him, go up Pisgah, the name of the hilltop, and lift your eyes, meaning Moshe should look as far as he can physically, then look upwards to God to visualize the rest of Israel. And this godly vision was a 3D-like image that incorporated all four directions. However, the Rabbeinu Bachaya, Rav Bachya bin Usher, a Spanish commentary, gives a deeper and more profound explanation. He writes that Moshe was told to look at Israel, immediately following him being denied entry to appreciate how far he has come. When Moshe was given the job as the leader, he went to the Jewish nation who were enslaved by Parai and broken inside. They were mentally exhausted and physically depleted, but most importantly, spiritually unaware. But through Moshe's love and devotion to the Jewish nation, he started to bring them and gently bring them back to life. He began by letting them know that their Father in Heaven has not forgotten them and they will now be redeemed. He showed them God's retribution against the Egyptians for enslaving His chosen people. Moshe awakened their soul and filled their hearts once again with trust and faith in God. He split the Yamsuf, the Sea of Reeds, so they can pass through and experience one of the most powerful miracles in our history. He led them to Har Sinai, to Mount Sinai, and brought down God's wisdom so they can fulfill their mission of illuminating the world with God's presence. The Rabbeinu Bachaya explains that Moshe was commanded to look at Israel right after being told that he cannot enter it so he can comprehend how far he has indeed come. He was told to look in the three directions in front of him, but then behind him so Moshe could recognize and realize that he has actually fulfilled his mission. He has led the Jewish nation out of Egypt to the Promised Land. He has taken a once broken people and transformed them into a proud and flourishing nation. In our daily life, it is imperative we understand that we must value the journey we are on regardless of accomplishing our goals. We should take heed of the path we originated from and recognize how far we have come, how we have changed our mindset, perspective, and most importantly, our actions to become a better version of ourselves. This self-awareness applies even if we have not achieved our specified goal because growth and progress are life's true objective. There's an amazing quote by General Dwight D. Eisenhower. Accomplishments will prove to be a journey, not a destination. Have a great weekend and good Shabbos. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.